Welcome to the fifth episode of the Greatest People You've Never Met podcast. Uh, thank you so much for all the support through the first four. Uh, episode four came out today as the time of this recording, and the feedback has been great, so we're excited. Thank you all so much for that. Uh, today in studio, we have Amy Ross. Um, Amy is a Arizona dry bar owner. Uh, I think her story is pretty unique, and uh, she's obviously built a very successful career through that. So I wanted to introduce her to all of you. So Amy, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate you spending some time with me. Absolutely. Thanks so much for asking and having me. Yeah. So uh, I guess the first thing I like to do when we get into it is, uh, you know, title of pause, greatest people you've never met. And uh, people uh, that follow this, especially my people, have certainly not met you. So (laughs) (laughs) uh, give me a a quick synopsis of who is Amy Ross. Oh, wow. Who is Amy Ross? Um, I think Amy Ross is fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Amy Ross, I'm the, you know, I'm the local dry bar girl, right? Like I brought dry bar to Arizona before anybody even knew what dry bar was. Um, My background was not hair, um, but it was cosmetics. So I, I had that background in the beauty industry. And when the first dry bar opened in Brentwood, about a dozen years ago, I I saw it, I read about it, nobody knew about it. And I just knew I had to get involved. And here we are almost, you know, 11 and a half years later. And I thought I'd have one little shop and we've got six uh, in the Valley and, you know, plans to do more. Awesome. Well, uh, let's dive into that background a little bit. So uh, the cosmetics world, is that what you got into fresh out of school and was like, this is me, this is what I want to do? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was that little girl that used to watch her mom. Um, her grandma, actually, you know, with her eyelashes, right? She mm-hmm. put them on one eyelash at a time with, you know, her long red nails, which I'm channeling her red <laughs> nails today, obviously. Um, and I was always intrigued by makeup and fashion. And, you know, when I was uh, at ASU, I, I got involved and worked at the Clinique counter. And I just never thought that I could have a career in beauty, but it, it, it blossomed. So right. after school, I became a manager and I became an account coordinator and I became an executive. And I ended up through my career with the Estee Lauder companies growing and moving. I lived you know, here locally. I moved to San Diego. I was in Los Angeles. Uh, I was in San Francisco, which is where I ended up meeting my husband um, and eventually coming back here. And, you know, I, I always loved that beauty industry. Uh, I took a little break when our son was born, uh, but realized I'd be a better mom yeah. <laughs> if I worked. Sure. Um, and that was when we were in L.A. and I saw Dry Bar and I just knew I had to get involved. Yeah. But, you know, I always had that passion for beauty. Right. So uh, for the people back in especially small town Midwest, uh, explain what the Dry Bar is. Because Absolutely. when I first met Ton and... We, she told me I was so baffled that that right. was even a thing, right? So could you do me that? Oh, yeah. No, I, I remember like when I first was telling my family about Dry Bar, because nobody even knew what it was then, right. right? It wasn't like a brand. They were like, wait, what? They do what? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, at Dry Bar, we do, you know, no cuts, no color, just blow dries. So, you know, you come in, you get your hair washed, you can get a scalp massage, you can get a deep conditioning treatment, and then we're going to style your hair for you. So we're going to blow dry it. We might curl it. We might put it in a braid, you know, we have a lookbook and you can look at the signature styles and we will give you one of those styles. Or if you, you know, if there's a magazine photo of, you know, I don't know, you know, 
what, you know, well, Justin Bieber's wife, Haley Bieber, right? You're like, I want my hair to look like this, or I want JLo hair, or a picture of yourself on your phone. And you're like, I looked really hot in this picture. Um, can you make me look like this? We're going to do that, right? We're going to build that confidence. You're going to come in and you're going to leave just feeling like a million bucks. Right. So your clientele base, uh, it's, I mean, it's very wide, right? Very. I mean, you have some very high end clients that are extremely well known and then just average girls that walk in off the street from bachelorette parties in town totally. to whatever, right? Yeah. So how did you know, uh, where your first shop was at the quarter? It shop? was God's still quarter. Yeah. Okay. So when you brought dry bar to AZ, mm-hmm. um, obviously, like you said, nobody knew about it, right? No. So how did you, or how, what was the thought process in bringing it here? You know, it's interesting. So I was living in Scottsdale at the time and Scottsdale quarter was just being built mm-hmm. and they were putting in uh, retail there that I thought would have a similar client base. And it sort of seemed like a natural fit. Um, and we just kind of went for it and, you know, knock on wood, it right. was a good choice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Was it strategically placed? Like, did you want to be in the quarter or did you just want to be in Scottsdale? In um, you know, we, we wanted to be in the quarter um, and the quarter wanted dry bar as well. Sure. So it was sort of a win-win for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So when you are expanding, you touched on, you know, I have six hoping yeah. for more. Are those uh, are those strategically placed out or is it more just like you said, like somebody maybe reaches out to you. I know like, you know, business is booming out here and everything, right? right? So are they calling Amy Ross or is Amy Ross saying, no, I want to be in Chandler. I want to be in Tempe. Right. You know, I think it, it depends on the year and it depends on the location. So after we opened Scottsdale quarter, we had a lot of feedback from our customers, you know, Brick, can you come to Arcadia? Right. Like they really wanted more of that Phoenix customer. So we started looking around and when you're looking at location, it's not just location. You got to look at parking, right? Mm-hmm. Like where's your customer going to park? Cause that was one of the issues that our customers early on at the quarter didn't like. They didn't like having to park in a parking garage. Sure. Right. And we had moved here from San Francisco. And so at the time, and I was like a parking garage, what's the big deal people yeah. like it's shaded. It's going to be 110 degrees today. Be thankful mm-hmm. it's covered. Yeah. Um, but that was some of the feedback we got. So we knew when we moved down to that Arcadia Phoenix area, we wanted to have an easier parking situation for our clients. So, you know, we did that at 30 seconds. Street and Camelback, where mm-hmm. there was more ample parking, no parking garage. Um, and that was a strategic choice that we made based on customer feedback. Sure. Um, as we continued to grow, um, you know, we were in the Phoenician spa and the Phoenician spa wanted us, sure. right? Um, we knew we needed to get into the East Valley, you know, going down to Santan Village. That was from customer feedback. You need a location out this way. Um, and we had looked there over the years and we never found the right spot. And finally we did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it just sort of depends on the location, you know, like and down in Tempe, I mean, you would have... I would have never told you in the middle of a pandemic, we would have opened a location, right? right? But there was a landlord down there that really wanted dry bar. And I was like, okay, you know, and I'm a sun devil. And yeah. so, you know, where the dry bar is, that used to be the club we used to go to. So I okay. figured that had some pretty good juju, yeah. right? right. <laughs> so we went for it and I was down there today and it's ASU graduation this week. And it's so awesome. You know, to your point, we have, you know, our customers up in Scottsdale, we have, you know, our location at Scottsdale and Lincoln, right in the middle of Paradise Valley. And then I've got my girls down at ASU. So it's a wide range of customers and each shop 
has been very unique mm. and whether it was driven by customers, um, by my wanting to look in that area, um, or by landlord opportunity. Right. So I think the thing that I not surprises me the most, but is like really intriguing to me is that one year, everything was based on customer feedback, which is awesome. And that's obviously how you're going to grow a good business. Right. right? But your guys is, I feel like the business model is driven to such a, a, a niche clientele, right? Like you're, you're targeting a small market of people. So how did you, I mean, essentially go all in on these markets and not just say, okay, well, Santan Valley people just drive up here or, you know what I mean? Like, right. how did you decide like, yes, this is for sure a good spot for us? Yeah. You know, Honestly, we look at a lot of demographics. We've got, you know, a great broker, yeah, you know, uh, right. and you look at like, like businesses, right? Like what's around and what's been there a while, yep. right? Like, are there other beauty concepts, you know, is there a, you know, you know, that, that big famous, you know, workout place, right? Yep. You know, like the workout where like, are they there? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the high end grocer, are they there? Like, what are the cust- what are the concepts that are there? And do we think that our customer is there as well. Right. Um, so I think a lot of co-tenancy, co-tenancy that we look at, um, as well as just like advice from, you know, our broker. And I mean, honestly, sometimes you just got a gut feeling too. You're like, okay, this will be good. Right. So, yeah. So how have you been successful in growing the business? Is it a lot of, cause you don't see dry bar ads places, right? right? And it's a national chain. Like they are all over. So how has, I mean, we'll get into what this market has done, but right. how how have you been able to grow this market into what it really is? Right. You know, I, I think it comes down to our number one core value, and I and that's the experience, right? And I say this time and time again to my managers, to our employees, um, and to our customers, right? Like, it's about the experience for our customer, but it's also about the experience for our employee, right? Mm-hmm. Because people have to like where they go to work, right? Like, and so if you have people that are your advocates, whether it's your customer or your employee, you're going to be successful. So, you know, first and foremost, I say that it's the experience. Um, And then early on grassroots, right? Like every single mommy group that asked me for a donation for their silent auction, you know, I was like, okay, here's a blow up for you and a blow up for you. You know, it's like throwing blowouts everywhere. Um, and we are very involved in the community. Um, I'm on a lot of charity boards and involved in the community and it's really just getting out there and really being your own champion and telling people what you do. And I think when somebody comes into dry bar and they leave and they feel great about themselves, they're going to tell somebody else. Right. And it's just that word of mouth. Um, it really gets you out there. Yeah, for sure. So being, it is such a, uh, you know, I guess like a personal experience, right. it's something that a, a, a person would definitely just do for themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about making yourself feel better. Right. How many of those people do you see? Like what's the return rate on your customers? Oh yeah. No, you know, we've got a great membership program, right? So there in lies, you know, the, the proof, right? Like yeah. we just got back from a big national conference and all of our locations are in the top 10 in the entire company for membership growth. So mm-hmm. I think there that shows you that that's how we get them to come back, right. right? They're so loyal to us. They love our membership. You know, like Scottsdale Quarter is number one in the entire company for membership sales. So it's creating that experience and getting them to come back because they see value, right? They're leaving, they feel great, and they can't wait to come back. Right. So, 
Uh, you talked a little bit about opening a shop in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Walk me through that because <laughs> yeah. obviously, I mean, it's something that I want to talk about, just like the impacts on your business in general. Yeah. But let's just talk about opening that that new Tempe location. Right. Yeah. You know, when we got the call that they were interested, I, you know, I looked at Matt, my husband, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> want to do what now? I'm like, are we even allowed to, what's the rule today? Right. Right. (laughs) Um, so, you know, we looked at it and we had a great connection with the landlord and we, you know, talked with him. We talked with our broker, we talked with dry bar and we thought this, we knew it was a great space. Yeah. Right. I mean, honestly, it was a space that when, cause we're at the watermark, which is right there at the 202 and Scottsdale road, right. You know, in the heart of ASU and when that shopping center first was being built years ago, you know, I noticed it mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, well, God, one day that'd be really cool to have a dry bar there. I sure. think it's a great spot. It's a beautiful building. It's right on Tempe Town Lake, you know, um, but it just was never the right time. Yeah. Right. I mean, timing is everything, right? Whether it's business, your wife, your husband, school, who knows, right? Yep. Um, so when we got the call and we kind of looked at the economics of it and we knew that it would be tough. Yeah. Um, we knew staffing would be an issue. Right. Um, but we knew that long term, the investment would pay off. Mm-hmm. So we just, you know, made the decision that we were going to jump with both feet in. And, you know, we opened, you know, we opened right before the holidays, which was great yeah. because we were so busy in all of our other locations that it gave more opportunity for our customers and new customers from down in Tempe to experience dry bar. Like we, we, I mean, I'll never forget. We have one of our regulars from day one that we opened in Scottsdale quarter. She couldn't get in up there. And it was like the week of Thanksgiving and one of our call center girls, cause we have a local call center said, Oh, you know, Hey, well, do you want to go down to the new Tempe shop? You know, if you can hop on the one-on-one, it's really probably only like 20 minutes. And she was like, okay, I'll go. And <laughs> I happened to be there when she got there. And she was like, Amy, like, honestly, it's not even that far. Right. She's like, it was a piece of cake. So yep. it, you know, it, it's giving us the opportunity to, you know, we jumped in and it wasn't just the new customers. It was giving more, opportunity for our existing customers if we were booked somewhere else. So we just knew it would all work out. And, you know, staffing, look, all around, I mean, like, it's a challenge in all of our locations, yeah. right? It's it's a challenge, you know, like, I can look across the street here, and it says now hiring, right? Yes. Everywhere you go. Um, but, you know, we we are, we did put some things into place this year that have definitely helped out. Good. And then, so with that, uh, the staffing challenges, what is, like, a fully optimal, like, if you had everybody you could hire at a dry bar. Yeah. What's that look like? And how many chairs are like per yeah. spot? Yeah. So, I mean, every location's different. Our Phoenician location's the smallest with six chairs and, you know, um, but our Phoenix location is 14 chairs. Sure. So, you know, it, it depends, but if we were fully staffed between stylist managers, you know, front desk people, which we call bartenders, um, we should probably have about 35 people per location easily. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. That is a lot. It's a lot. Multiply yeah. by six and then our call center staff. It's a lot. Yeah. But it's good. It's, I love it. It keeps me young. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I learn new things every day. I'm like, wait, what? What does that mean? Oh, yeah. For <laughs> sure. Uh, what What were some of the challenges? Like, I, I mean, I moved here coming out of the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Um, what were some of those challenges that you guys faced? Because I'm sure you had to close for a while. Oh yeah, I, I will. I remember that. I remember the day we closed. Um, we were we were not being told we had to close yet. Right. And we were all watching the news that week, and we're like, "What? What? what what's happening mm-hmm. here?" Right. Um, 
and we use a software system for booking and I could just see appointments canceling, right? People were just canceling and canceling. And I was getting, I was getting very anxious and I didn't feel right about making my staff touch people. Right. Cause like at this point, right. No one knew, right. Nobody knew what was going on. You were like, you know, like we're, we were like wiping down your Amazon boxes at one point. Right. Um, so I called all my managers and I said, guys, I said, we're, we're calling it. 3 p.m. It looks like that's a good a good break. Anybody after that, if they want to come in before that, but we're, we're calling it. Sure. Um, and we just closed. We closed the doors. We put a note on the door and said, we're going to be closed. Um, and it was probably, I think, about a week or so later that the governor shut us down or shut beauty down, really. Right. Um, and then we were closed for a while. Yeah. Um, and that was tough. For sure. It was really tough. But you know what? you know, it makes you stronger, I yeah, guess. You absolutely. Know, we, you know, we used the time, our managers, you know, we kept them all on Yep. and they, I mean, I remember, you know, a bunch of us, once we kind of felt okay with it, we went in masks and we kind of, you know, each manager cleaned their shops and we got, you know, services and we, you know, really invested in our managers at that time. And they all did online learning on leadership and just different things to kind of keep their minds occupied right. because like we were all kind of like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, you know, and then over time, you know, we, we did reopen when we were allowed to reopen, which was awesome. But you know, there were a lot of people that didn't want to come back and, sure. and, and I don't blame them because at that point we still didn't know there weren't vaccines. And, um, and then we did reclose again, um, really? in July of 2020, uh, it was July 2nd. I remember this cause it was right before our anniversary mm. and, uh, it was spiking again in Arizona and it was summer and nobody knew what was going on. And we just closed again for about another four weeks. And then I'm happy to report as of like April 3rd, 2020, I mean, August 3rd, 2020, uh, we did open back up yep. and, you know, we've been open, you know, knock on wood since then. But it, it was tough and, yeah. and, you know, you, we lost a lot of staff For and sure. there were a lot of people that maybe had thought about going to cosmetology school that, you know, now like maybe I don't want to touch people. Right. right. Um, we're seeing the cosmetology schools fill back up, which is good. good. Um, but yeah, it's definitely been an interesting ride the past two and yeah. a half years. It, when they, okay. So like when you guys got to reopen like everywhere else, what was like your capacity? Did you have to oh put up partitions gosh. or anything yeah. like that? Yeah. We, oh my goodness. We had partitions between the shampoo bowls. We had partitions between the styling chairs. We had hand sanitizer everywhere. Mm-hmm. We had wipes. We had, I mean, you name it. It was like, you know, it was crazy. You know, yeah. people had, you know, we, people had to wait outside. Right. right. Um, so we moved all of our waiting room furniture outside and uh-huh. we brought people in one at a time. And, you know, we asked that you didn't bring your kids with you. Right. Like if who, the only people allowed in the building were the people that had an appointment. So yeah. if you came, you know, with your child, we were like, I'm so sorry. Like they're going to have to wait outside, you know, or right. we can cancel your appointment today free of charge. But you know, we just can only have a certain number of people in the building. Yep. So we were limited by capacity. We were limited by space. And then over times as restrictions lifted, you know, we've, you know, changed. But, you know, there's definitely been some learnings, right? I For think, sure. I think with this whole past two and a, yeah, two and a half years, there are things, I'm not going to say that are good because yeah. COVID was not good. Right. But, you know, like, do you have to fly to New York for a two hour meeting on a Tuesday? Right. Maybe you can do a zoom. Right. And you know, a lot of our customers, like the partitions between the shampoo bowls, a lot of our shops still have those, you know, 
it's not so bad. It kind of yeah. creates, you know, nobody gets splashed, right. you know, hand sanitizer. Like we still have hand sanitizer everywhere. Right. You know, like that's not so bad. No. You know, like, so like there's some things and efficiencies that have come out of this right. um, as well. You know, like we used to try to have a, a breakfast with all of the managers, you know, like once a month, which then turned into maybe like hours long because then we talk about everybody's love life, which sure. is good. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But now we have a biweekly call. It's an hour. We get our business done. And then like, we can go have fun. Like I'll take them to dinner, right? right? Like, let's go, let's go have fun versus this lunch that, you know, we thought was gonna be an hour and turns into like, you know, counseling on somebody's boyfriend, <laughs> yeah. which I'm more than happy to counsel on boyfriends. <laughs> so, yeah. That's funny. So the competition at, in that marketplace. Yeah. So I've seen some, I'm not going to name drop. Right. You know who they are. Right. We're talking about the dry bar today. Right. So, um, what, when did those start popping up? Yeah. Because clearly you were the first here right. and dry bar yeah. was the first here. So yeah. when did you start seeing them come to yeah, town? You know, you know, there's a couple concepts, like one in particular that, you know, popped up pretty much around the same time. And like, I always say imitation is the best form of flattery. For sure. Right. Um, and you know, at, at dry bar, we do one thing and we do it best and that's hair. Right? right. So a lot of these other concepts, um, that have a similar take, um, they end up doing other services, right? Like makeup or hair or mm. waxing. And we just stay true to our roots. No pun intended. You know, we just yeah. do hair, right? Um, we've been asked time and time again, like, Oh, would you ever bring in makeup services or this or that? And the answer is no, right. When we're not like, we want to just make women feel great with their hair, right? So, like, yeah, we style it. Like, we can also do deep conditioning treatment. We do scalp massages. We do braids. We do updos. So, like, it's not like you just have to get a blowout, right? right. Like, we have people come in all the time, especially during, like, the festival season. Like, I just want to want my hair washed and get, like, those really cool, like, you know, boxer braids, right? Sure. And stuff like that. So, you know, I'm aware of it, right? I think you'd be silly if you're not aware of other concepts in your market. Yeah. Um, but I don't let it bother me. Right. right? Um, you know, there, there's space for everybody. Yeah. And, you know, I always say if, if you are, you know, giving your customers and your employees the best experience, you're going to do great. Absolutely. And then have you seen like, so obviously COVID shut down. I know a thing like back home, rural America, like people were doing like backyard haircuts. Oh, right? yeah. Like, so how many, I, you know, out of order questions here, but how many of your clients were reaching out to Amy Ross? Like, can you come over and shampoo yeah. my hair? Can you know, you honestly, I, I don't feel like I really had a lot of that. Really? I really didn't. Um, no, I mean, I don't know if any of my stylists had any of their customers. Sure. You know what I mean? I don't know, but. I think people just knew that right. I wasn't going to do it. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't going to risk my business for, for that. sure. And they, and trust me, like I have a lot of people I know that were like getting their hair colored and their nails done. And, you know, I was out there in my backyard, you know, with the acetone soaking <laughs> off my gel nails, like, ah, what's happening. Um, but you know, I just wanted to play by the rules. Yeah, absolutely. And that you always win. When yeah. You do. Yeah. Um, so we touched on it a little bit this year, or uh, earlier, you drive by Arizona was Fran and you were yeah. franchise partner of the year. I was. So congratulations. Thank first you. Off. Um, but go into that, like how many dry bars nationwide are oh, there? Gosh, you know, you know, over the past year, there's 
been some changes with Dry Bar. So they were acquired by Wellbiz Brands, which is the franchisor that owns Amazing Lash. Um, they own Elements and Fitness Together and um, Radiant Waxing, which formerly was Lunchbox Wax. So um, as that acquisition has come on board, now all of the shops, including the shops that were formerly corporate shops, are all franchise shops. Okay. So with that and with COVID, there were some shops that closed. Um, but, you know, there's over 100 locations nationwide. Wow. Yeah. It's incredible. And how many different franchise partners, like, are, are people, like, you're pretty uh, territorial. Yeah. Like, it's just drive yeah. easy, right? Yeah. Is that mostly the other um, people as well? You know, up to this point, it has been, I think, you know, as we grow as a franchise brand, um, that could change. Sure. Um, but, you know, I think those that want to develop their area and their market are given that opportunity. Yeah. Um, uh, so we touched on it a little earlier as well, or you mentioned it, uh, like, you know, your philanthropy work and yeah. what you do to give back. Um, I know one, you just did a pretty cool thing this I weekend did. for I one did. of them. So, uh, dancing with the Arizona stars. Can I you did. tell us a little bit yeah. about that? So I, uh, was asked to do a local dancing, uh, with the stars. Dan you know, it was so funny. I was like, you want me to do what? <laughs> uh, it was for the national kidney foundation of Arizona. And at first I was like, wait, what? I don't dance. Right? right. I was never a cheerleader. I didn't dance when I was a little girl. I mean, maybe ballet when I was like five. Right. right. But I never, I was not one of those kids that went on to dance. Yeah. Right. Um, and I had a friend that just really talked me into it and I was like, okay, it's for a good cause. And I sure. like being philanthropic, you know, and the event was supposed to happen early in the year. And I started practicing. They, they pair you up with a celebrity or a pro dancer, right? Because okay. like, I, I, I didn't know how to dance. And right. it's like ballroom dancing. Yeah. I'm like, what? I'm like, okay. I'm like, you know, give me a, give me a glass of wine at a wedding and I can dance. <laughs> yeah. but, um, and January hit and with Omicron, yeah. they postponed the event. Mm. And we were like, oh my gosh. Um, so it got pushed to May. And we just had it this weekend and it was a blast, right? Yeah. Um, I raised almost $30,000 for wow. the National Kidney Foundation of Arizona. Thanks to my amazing, amazing friends, families, you know, customers, like just yep. awesome people that have supported me. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah, It was a lot of fun. I did manage to practically break my toe on Thursday before Saturday <laughs> It was a whole thing, but you yeah. know, I keep beating myself up over it, but everybody says I did great. Yeah, so it, it was that. a, it was a lot of fun and, and just to be able to give back to the community. For um, sure. I just love doing that. Yeah. And I think it obviously says a lot about you and Matt and what you guys do to, for them to reach out, you know, to you. Um, well, how, what was the practice schedule? Like oh what goes gosh. into a local oh my, my, the stars? I told my managers on last week on Friday, I go, okay guys, this is it. <laughs> I, I, I will answer your phone calls now in the yeah. morning. Um, so it was, I mean, obviously holidays were a little different, but typically it was Monday, Wednesday, Friday from like eight to nine 30. Really? Uh-huh. I mean, holidays, we took a break, you know, some weeks if I had a special meeting or something, you know, sure. it was two days a week, but it was pretty much two to three times a week, uh, for about an hour and a half every month. Like, yeah. A lot. That's incredible. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. You know, and it was, it was very interesting when we were at that meeting in Las Vegas where we got, you know, the franchise award. Um, one of our managers asked a great question and they said, what is something that you did this year that has nothing to do with dry bar that you're proud of? And I thought that was really interesting. And I think that's interesting for everybody to think about, right? Yeah. Like what's something in this past year or maybe even during COVID or, or whatnot that you've done or learned about yourself that you're proud of Right. that doesn't relate to your, you know, job. 
And I was like, you know what? I learned to dance. Yeah. Right. And like, I actually really like it. Yeah. Like to the point where when my toe heals, Matt says, you know, after the summer, Amy, yeah. um, it's cause dance lessons are not cheap, <laughs> but, um, uh, I think I might dance again. There right. Take some more lessons, do another competition. You know, we'll see. Yeah. Did you always do your lessons with your dancer? Then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Very his cool. name was Ivan. Is it's not was. He's <laughs> still his he's, name. He's still his name. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a great guy. Awesome. That's so cool. Uh, how many people were in that uh, did that? Yeah. There were initially there were 10, but I think just due to COVID and other reasons, I don't even know why. Um, there were eight um, celebrity dancers. Okay. I don't really consider myself a celebrity. Well, I, but. I tell everybody, <laughs> I mean, you. I know you probably don't feel like it, but I think here too, I mean, a lot of people know you and know yeah. the brand, right? Um, you guys are, you guys do news segments quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, how does all that stuff come up? Like, yeah. uh, like the like news stations just reach out to Amy yeah. and say, Hey, let's yeah, get something on. You know, on? It, it, it depends, right? I mean, early on it was sort of some of that. And then, you know, I did have a great local um, PR um, and marketing firm, um, Serendipit, uh, and Melissa is awesome over there. Um, but I'll be very candid, like they're awesome. But at the end of this last year and the beginning of this year, I had to, you know, talk about making business decisions. I didn't have enough staff. I didn't have any appointments available. Right. right? So I was like, okay, well the money I'm spending on them, you know, it doesn't make sense because I don't have any availability because I don't have enough staff. Right. So we had to reallocate that money towards, uh, we hired actually a full-time hiring manager and Mm -hmm. recruiter. Right. So at some point I would hope to bring them back on, but right now as we're staffing back up, um, that was a decision we had to make, but they were awesome at getting us, you know, great segments with the TVs and whatnot. And like, honestly, you know, I still have somebody that, you know, used to be on their team that does our social media now, sure. which is great. Um, and you know, it, it's a lot of just being out in the market, you right. know, and people like, Oh, I know Amy. And you know, yeah. I'm always happy to talk to anybody. Absolutely. Yeah. I got paid 50 bucks once to keep my mouth shut. Really? Yeah. My dad. Yeah. yeah. Driving from uh, Albuquerque to Santa Fe. He said, can you be quiet even for an hour? <laughs> and I said, I don't know. He goes, I'll pay you $50. Yeah, swear. True story. So I did you, it. I did it. You I were it. also one of the kids who <laughs> said talks too much on the report cards, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bingo. I used to be bribed like that as yeah. well by my yeah. parents. Oh, if I could totally report, be bribed. Yeah. yeah. I was good at that. Yeah. That's yeah. so funny. Um, so as I build the show, uh, you know, a little bit about it is like, you know, helping people do things that they're scared of, right? Or right. like going through life or just like, hey, maybe they listen to this podcast and they, they take a chance. So we talked a little bit about your, I mean, obviously COVID was a big yeah. obstacle. Yeah. But in, from day one of bringing Dry Bar to Arizona to, to now, what's, what outside, I mean, we could talk about staffing. That's yeah. obviously that's, affected yeah. everybody, right? Right. Um, but what's some big obstacles that you've had to deal with just inside the business side? Right. Um, you know, I think you learn a lot along the way, right? Like mm-hmm. when I look at the things I did when we opened Scottsdale Quarter, um, you know, 11 years ago versus Tempe, you know, a year ago um, or not even a year ago, um, being aware of like, you know, things in like leases, right? Yeah. You know, like I'm like, oh, wait, you know, like I didn't know that, mm-hmm. you know, like what's percentage rent and like, does it really matter or doesn't it matter, right? right. Like really understanding and having somebody by your side and an advocate, almost like a business coach, like early on, I was sort of naive, I would say. Yeah. But I feel like even now with each shop that we open, I learn something new every time and grow from it. Right. So I think some of the obstacles early on where I maybe was like, Oh shoot, I didn't realize that deal term maybe wasn't the best for me. Right. Um, 
But you know, I mean, it's crazy. Like we just re-signed another 10 year lease at Scottsdale quarter. Like that's crazy to me yeah. that like, you know, and we're in the process of, you know, negotiating our second 10 years at our Phoenix location right now. So, yeah. you know, I just think that some of the obstacles are what you don't know. Sure. Right. Um, you don't know that they're your obstacle and you're right. until you kind of are like, Oh, Hmm. Right. Didn't really, you know, cause let's have an honest moment. Does everybody read all, you know, no 300 pages of a legal document, you know, you, you scroll to the you end scroll and, you hit and you're like, give it to your attorney <laughs> and they highlight where the problems are. And then you're like, but wait, remember? So right. yeah, you know, you probably should, probably should read it all. Right. Probably should. What's, I'm getting better at that. Yeah. That's, I think that's great <laughs> advice. Read it all. Read it all. Yeah. That would be my advice. Read it all. <laughs> what's, uh, what's been some stuff that have helped you like personal growth wise? Um, I think everybody, obviously your leadership skills are incredible. And that's what I love about people is I've, I've spent a lot of time, you know, trying to be a great leader in my own right. And so what's some stuff that has helped you over, you know, push yourself and to just, you know, continuously grow? Yeah, no, that's a great question. You know, my background being that I worked, you know, for the Estee Lauder companies, right? So I worked on the Clinique brand. I worked on Bobby Brown. I worked on Prescriptives. Um, So many great brands. And I think that I had a great foundation um, from that, right? Mm -hmm. Like I really, when I I did that, I, I didn't know if I wanted to go the sales or the education route. And I was given the opportunity to do either. And I had a great foundation from that. And I think that I brought a lot of those skills with me into dry bar. Right. right? And so I've, you know, been able to work with my team and I love seeing them grow. Right. So I'm like, okay, how can I help them grow? Right. Mm -hmm. So like when we were closing COVID, right. I went to our HR company. I'm like, okay, what can we do? Right. Right. Like, okay, we came up, they have this whole portal. Right. So each day, you know, they took one or two classes on leadership. Right. Um, and we've done the same thing, you know, like I'm trying to read things, um, and things are always changing. Right. Mm -hmm. Like when we started this, you know, 11 years ago, the employee was very different than the employee that we have today. For sure. Um, you know, the millennials are real thing, you know, and and it's, it's fine. They're who they are. right? Right. Um, so the way in which, you know, you have to flex your style, right? So I think that being a good leader, you have to really learn that flex, right? Like if I have a stylist who is more my contemporary, right. Versus somebody that, you know, I'm old enough to be their mom. Like they're both great employees, but like, I I may talk to them differently depending on how they talk to me. Right. Right. Not up, down, round, you know, just like the way in which you connect. Right. So I think that being a good leader, you have to learn what drives people and Mm -hmm. how you're going to connect. You know, I, I think, you know, that one of the greatest successes is that all of our managers um, started out as a stylist or a bartender, yeah, right? That's and you know, like Eileen, who is my right hand and my left hand, my right foot, my <laughs> left foot, she's my everything. You know, she started us with us day one um, as a front desk bartender. You know, and she's been a manager. She's managed multiple shops. She's our district manager. You know, and I'm so proud of her. And to see the growth that she's had over the past, you know, eleven years is just it's it's awesome. Yeah, that's incredible. That's I mean that is a testament to you and and the brand, especially is that people come and then they stay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean that you don't find that in a lot of workspaces for whatever right. reason. And especially 
in this current market where there is opportunity, which I'm sure you have like a non-compete clause, but I mean, there's, there's opportunity for people oh, to yeah. go other Absolutely. places. So I treated them really well in Vegas. There you what go. happens in Vegas stays in there Vegas. You go. So we had a good time. <laughs> that helps <laughs> but, you a know, lot. But it's true. Like, you know, you like, you go to a conference, right? And you know, we didn't go to the, like, I didn't take them to Taco Bell. Right. right. Well, I mean, we, at one point we kind of wanted to go to Taco Bell, (laughs) but you know, like we had fun. We went to good dinners. Like we, you know, just had a great time together. And I think that if you can relate to your people and bond with your people in a social situation, in conjunction with a work situation, it really builds loyalty. Absolutely. I think one of my favorite quotes, uh, in a leadership perspective is Bruce Arians, the old head coach of the Cardinals at the Bucks, right? He's always said football isn't hard. People are. Oh, hands down. Right. So insert, you know, anything, Absolutely. but people are hard and Absolutely. that's, and it sounds like you have a good grasp on that. And that's, that's great to hear for people. Um, so kind of my last questions here, uh, as we wind down, what is some advice you can give someone who has doubts on taking that leap? I'm sure yeah. there was, I'm sure when you're telling everybody what dry bar is, I'm yeah. sure there's a million people resisting you on Amy. Oh. That's not a good idea. Oh right? yeah. I mean, I remember cause when we were about to go down this path, I had the opportunity to, to go back to my old job mm-hmm. basically. And I knew what was behind that door, right? Right. It was a Ford Taurus, not, nothing wrong with Ford Taurus, right. right? But it was the company car, my 401k. Like I, I knew what that looked like. Right. Yep. Um, and I just felt like I needed something different, that leap of faith. Right. So I think you have to trust your gut, right? Like I just had a good feeling about this. And, you know, back then nobody knew what dry bar was at all. Like there was one location in Brentwood, California. That was it. But you know, I have naturally curly hair. Right. So like, I know how it can change a woman's, um, the way she feels about herself when her hair looks great. Right. Like for years, you know, and I, this is how I explained it to my my parents. Right. I said, look, you don't know whether I have a pedicure right now. Right. Like, and this was the time when like the, all the Manny and Petty was now a necessity. It wasn't a treat. right? Right. I said, you have no idea if I have a pedicure, my feet are under the table. We're sitting at dinner. Right. I said, but you know, if I have a blowout, right. And the way I feel about myself, I said, I just think this is something that's really going to become like, something that's really going to make women feel great about themselves because you know, what we're selling is happiness and confidence, right? It's, it's a blowout, but like we're really giving women happiness and confidence. And if you think back to like, you know, my grandmother's generation, they used to go and get their hair set once a week, right? Like get it set and their little rollers. It's kind of today's version of that. Right. So I think the one thing I can say is just trust your gut, you know, but but be smart, right? Right. You know, make sure you have good counsel, Yeah. you know, make sure, you know, that you've got good people around you. And, you know, I have, you know, an amazing husband, you know, Matt's awesome. Shout out Matt. Exactly. He says, I don't give him enough shout outs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, like at one point, you know, I was like, okay, I'm like, I need you to, you know, change a hair trap, you know, and then it got to like, okay, I need you to run all the finances, you know? So, I mean, we're in this together, you know, wholeheartedly because where we've gotten, I could not do it without him. Um, but you have to have good people around you. And I would say, you know, really trust your gut and think like, is this something that is needed? Right. right. Like who would have thought a manicure or pedicure really is ever needed. Right? right. I mean, and arguably, you know, is it, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it is. Right. Um, it's all about perspective. It's all right? about perspective. Yeah. And surround yourself with good people. 
Yeah. Surround yourself with good people. That for sure is something I would definitely say. Yeah. Well, I love it. I appreciate that advice. I I know that people are going to take away from this. And that's part of the reason that I wanted to have you on is I think that your story is incredible and you're obviously you're going to target a different demographic that right that other people might not hear that. And there's people everywhere that can be drawn to that and that perspective and take those chances. I mean, there's probably somewhere somebody in in rural Midwest right. that's going to listen. That's well, be yeah. like, I'm in on that, you know. Well, and yeah. They got to take that chance and go somewhere. Well, yeah. I mean, and like, here's the deal: like, drivers opening everywhere, right? right? So, like, if there's somebody out there that you know listens to this and you know she's a hairstylist, like some of our franchise partners, they were hairstylists, right? right? And they they got involved. So. You just never know. And, you know, that's one of been one of the great things is as we've transitioned over the years, you know, things, you know, things change. But if you're open to change and you can, you know, flow with it, you're going to be successful. Absolutely. Well, Amy, thank you so much for coming on. I thank appreciate you. your time so much. It was great to talk to you. Thank you, everybody, for listening at home. As always, uh, like, comment, share, subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe again and rate us five stars. Thank you so much. Grass is only green the way you water it. Mm, grass is only green.